Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can I just say that the term cornhole co working space sounds like <laughs> a bunch of fake like words that a tech company put together to sell? their brand. Welcome to Crush the Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Kirsten Lyons and I'm joined by my cousin and co-host Aaron Raderstorff. Guys, first of all, this is our second live episode and it just might be Aaron, Claire and I because we told people about it less than 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> We've had this idea for a while, but we just had a lot. Oh, oh, Courtney's here. I don't know what's happening. I got so excited. And now she's my probably going to mute herself. Courtney, we're glad you're here. Courtney could be at the gym. Thanks. I'm glad I'm here too. I am oh, I'm leaving hey for Courtney. the gym. Hello. Courtney, what are you doing right now? I'm leaving for the gym, but I switched from going swimming to, I'm going to go on the treadmill so I can watch the episode. What? Exciting. <laughs> Let's chat about the fact that last live episode, Claire, you got locked in your bathroom. And where are you this live episode I was like going through it maybe like a month and a half ago and this girl who's really nice I met her dog in the neighborhood (laughs) was like hey like some of us who have dogs are like making a cornhole team and like you can be on it too I don't have a dog and I was like yeah like this is gonna solve all my problems if I join this (laughs) cornhole team and they're like I don't like competitive sports I don't like cornhole but like this is gonna make things better the league started like a month ago. I have not been to a single thing. And then finally I got a message today and they were like, okay, Claire, like you said, you're going to make it this week. And I was like, oh, good. I only have crushed podcast. And just so we're clear, I scheduled myself for another podcast today at 730. And I had to text them and be like, I'm so sorry. So now I have like cornhole podcast podcast. And now I'm here. I told them I had to front end all my games. So I played like the first <laughs> quarter and now I don't know where I am. We walked like a really long time to get here. <laughs> I feel like the last couple of weeks, I feel like I'm in, what is it called? A Christmas Carol? Is that the one with the three ghosts? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I feel like I'm in this weird alternate Christmas Carol where I just keep getting visited by the ghosts of Christmas future. Where it's like, they're like, hey, come take a look at the future. What could be or what could have been? Like a good Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm like, you know, flying around with a ghost of a Muppet. And I just keep having these moments. Like one was uh, the Taylor Swift all too well. Aaron, have you watched it? You have. No, I, I, I won't. Claire, have you watched it? Repeatedly, repeatedly many times. I've watched it many times. Okay. Courtney, I don't think Courtney's watched it. Wait, did you? You did. Yeah, I did watch it. Oh, I thought you weren't going to. And then I did. We should say Courtney's my sister and Aaron's cousin and has never That's, met Claire. Yeah, yep. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Claire. And I she's a crushy. Oh, Kathleen is entering the room. <laughs> Kathleen? Oh my she's gosh, she and room. I just talked today. Oh, oh my gosh, I've been so long. <laughs> okay, so I was saying, okay, so one was watching All Too Well. The second was watching a documentary on a cult. Um, cause oh, the way I, down. Yes. Cause at, I don't think I've ever shared this, but I was in a cult for about eight weeks. Didn't know it was a cult. Started to realize it was a cult. <laughs> long, long story short, I got kicked out of the cult for being unteachable. <laughs> so it's just get, the it's, best reason to be kicked out of anything, yes, honestly. Yes. And, and I don't know, it's just been like, there's, and then I like my ex's 
sister. Like, you know, when Facebook is like things happen and it was like 12 years ago and a comment she made came up and then I don't know. It was just like, there was just like weird things that kept happening. And it was almost like this element of like, this is what your life could have been had you made these choices or had these things worked out differently. And I think I just have like, it's like, I want to write it. I want to write a thank you card and like send a present to every single thing that rejected me. And it's just like, thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So then I was like, oh my gosh, it's Thanksgiving. And it's, that's a problematic holiday. So let's spin it around and bring Ariana Grande into it and call it thank you next. So that was my idea. And then I said, Hey guys, let's do this. And then we forgot to tell people. So I love it. Um, Did you see that Selena Gomez and her mom founded a mental health wellness company? By the way, this is Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. (laughs) Uh, I'm just popping on to talk about my favorite pop star, Selena Gomez. And then I'll... uh, Oh, I love that. That's I didn't know that was your favorite pop star. Oh, yeah. Ever since the murder people in the building or. Yeah, honestly, I'm very late to the game. I was like a casual fan. And then I watched only murders in the building. And I was just obsessed with a pop star who would do a show with Steve Martin. And Uh, I've I've been obsessed with her since Wizards of Waverly Place. I'm just going to say. Okay, well, I'm not like her biggest fan, but I am. She's my favorite pop star. And I'm That's like constantly exciting. trying to get my 10-year-old foster daughter to like be more into Selena Gomez. I don't know why. I'm like, let's listen to Selena Gomez. And she's like, <laughs> why are you so into You're like, let's go <laughs> murder someone in an apartment building. Come on, we'll be like Selena. I'm like, Selena has healthy mental health habits, okay? <laughs> well, oh my gosh, what's that movie she did with Joey King, Ramona and Beezus? She's oh, great. so too. good. She has good taste. She has good taste in projects. Okay. Anyway, I interrupted a whole thing, but welcome to crush the podcast. You're fine. (laughs) Okay. So, um, anyway, so that was one thing, but before we get into thank you next, Claire told me something, she confessed something either a week or two ago that I was shocked, saddened, excited, surprised. I just had a lot of feelings about this. And with the Christmas season coming up, I just felt like we needed Claire. I feel like you need to address this. Yeah, for sure. Well, last time I talked to you, I said I just watched the holiday for the first time, but that actually was only half the truth because the truth is I actually have not watched the last like 15 minutes. So I don't know what happens. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think happens? I'm like dying to know if you could fill in. I think that. Wait, wait, where'd you, wait, 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 wait. Before that, where did you pause? Just so I know what the last, I can't think of like, where, where did it pause for you? Cameron Diaz and the widower are laying down in a tent that his daughters made. Okay, the fact that you just call it the widower and not Jude what's Law. his name? I don't know his name. Who is he? Jude Law. You're so 26 years old. This is Aaron is 26 going on 55, and you are 26 going on like 14. I love it so much. Jude Law. His name is Jude Law. Okay. Okay. Well, the man with in the a bed. Wait, are they laying in a bed and like the soft, like the, like the, no, the song no. Is playing? this is when they're in the tent with his daughters and they're oh, in the tent with the one daughter. Oh, you and have a lot longer than because I like your lipstick. And she goes, thanks. It's called Berry Fairy Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> uh, you have, you have a little bit more than 15 minutes left. I think you have okay, a nice, well, you I have a solid it. like 40 minutes left. Okay. What's happened? <laughs> I think what's here's happening? what I think's going to happen. 
wait, wait, what's happening with Kate Winslet and Jack Black and the gentleman, the older gentleman? I don't like him. Oh, wait, no, the older gentleman. I like him. Sorry, I thought we met Kate Winslet's bad work boyfriend. We did. We did mean him. Oh, no, I meant the old man. the old man. Okay, so I definitely think the old man, unfortunately, is not going to make it through the duration of the film. Interesting. I do not think the old man sees the end of this film. This is my Uh, favorite crush thing ever because every girl that's listening to this right now has seen this movie and Claire thinks the old man dies. Okay, how very non-Nancy Myers of you. I think that... Cameron Diaz and this Jude Law character. (laughs) You just gave air quotes to the man's real name. Jude Law character. And I think that Cameron Diaz has to live in England from now on. And the other lady has to live in LA. The other lady is named Kate Winslet. No, for sure. That's the Titanic girl, right? (laughs) Is that not right? Mayor of Easttown. I mean, yes, she's both. What do you think of Jack Black as a leading man? I think it's an interesting choice. I think that it's not as endearing as they thought it would be. That's harsh. I'm really sorry. I'm not a Jack Black fan. The only movie I've ever walked out of in my life was Nacho Libre. I never saw that. Here's the thing I do have a question about the Jack. Where are you and the Jack Black Kate Winslet? Have they, because you haven't, like, where, what have you seen? They made, like, fettuccine Alfredo or They haven't, like, gone and gotten sushi. They haven't worked on the guy's no, music. No, they did get sushi, and he got a phone call from the girl. Oh, interesting. So they've worked on the music. But I no. think the, the Bloom guy, Jasper Bloom. He hasn't come back yet. So Okay, so I thought Jude Law and Jasper Bloom were, like, the same person for, like, 45 minutes of the movie. <laughs> they look a little bit alike to me. What? No, they don't. <laughs> Claire, do you need glasses? My daughter's school just checked her eyes and they said <laughs> one of her eyes is more powerful than the other. We need to get them checked. If you want, <laughs> I can make a double appointment and you can come to the pediatric I think I just eye. heard the accents and I was like, oh, can't be more than one British man in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> was it Courtney or Kylie that faked needing glasses? I faked needing glasses. It was me. It was Courtney. I so Courtney me. and Kirsten. Wait, I thought- sorry. I did too in sixth grade. <laughs> I full on got to the optometrist. I almost, I almost, I got to the optometrist after faking it in the eye exam in school, got to the optometrist, almost got to the end. And right at the end, he figured it out and he called my mom in and was like, your daughter's faking. And I was like, sucker, I made it the whole way. I got the glasses. (laughs) Kathleen's still wearing the glasses. Okay. So here's. Okay. But joke's on me because. I faked needing glasses and then I forgot which way I faked them. So I never wore them like at the right time. Like I forgot if I pretended to need them for reading or for far away. So then I just sort of like phased them out really embarrassingly. And then years later, I was babysitting a kid and he was like, oh, we turn here. And I was like, how can you read that sign? And he's like, you need glasses, old lady. And I was like, I'm 24. And I did for real need them. And Guys, how to do earlier. Guys, an OG. Marcia is here too. Marcia. Marcia. Hi. Have you ever faked an eye exam to get glasses? <laughs> um, because currently no. three out of the six people on this call have. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. No, I, I have never faked an eye exam to get glasses. No. Um, okay. And then also really quickly, Marcia, have you seen the holiday? Uh yeah, with Cameron Diaz and Jack Black. Yes. And yes. yes, I have. Okay. So just do you the- think Jasper <laughs> Bloom and Jude Law look alike? 
and or the are only the same two person. British men in the movie. Jasper, I'm not googling at all. <laughs> yeah. Jasper Bloom. Wait, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yes, I think so. Wait, yeah, he looks like a mean Jude Law. No, yes? no. Thank you. You just confirmed Claire. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Jasper Bloom is the sure. character's name, not the actor. Yeah, yeah. No, Mean Jude Law. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it's so funny. If you would have said Mean Jude Law, I'd have been like, yes, that guy. But I didn't know him. I was trying to figure out who was in the holiday. And then you and I are operating like on a higher Law. level, my friend. No, can I tell you though? Can I tell you? So right now on Black Twitter and even Black Instagram, Please there is this thing that just happened right now where someone was trying to figure out Lynn Woodfield's name and they go, who is it? Who is evil Angela Bassett? And everyone's like, Lynn Woodfield, because Black Twitter knows. <laughs> Do you know, Claire, you were nodding. Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. yes. They were like, she's always someone's mom. Yeah, yeah. I saw, yeah. I, but it was Twitter. People are like, "I'm like, what's her name? Evil Angela Bassett." Every person knew it was Lynn Woodfield. So yes, Mean Jude Law is about right. Well, Mean Jeff. Jude Law, the guy who played Jeff, I can't think of his name right now. When El- when we were coming out of one of our last appointments with Ellis, he was going in and he was freaking out because my belly. I was like, literally, like three days before I had Ellis, and he was like, "Excuse me, I'm so nervous." My 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 girlfriend is pregnant and she's not big like you. And I was like, I don't know how to take what's happening right now. <laughs> I don't know. He goes, I, I mean, in the belly, you're very slight. You're very trim. Belly. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. I'm like, he was like, he was like showing me his girlfriend. She's just kind of like looking like, hi. And I'm like, well, how many months is she? And he's like, oh, she's five. And I'm like, I'm nine. I'm about to pop this sucker out. Like, like this baby's coming out. And he's like, oh, you made me feel so much better. I keep telling her she needs to eat and she won't. And I was like, all right, well, thank you so much, sir. Goodbye. Mean Jude Law. He's very kind. Well, he was nice Jude Law at that point. Nice Jude Law. So, so here's my feeling, and I have said this to it. I love the holiday and I also loathe the holiday because I think yes. Cameron Diaz is ridiculously bad in that movie. And... Like I know you, you just, feel you that just way, Cameron Diaz. You, no, I don't. Cameron Diaz. No, I don't. First of all, I don't hate Cameron Diaz. I you hate Cameron Diaz, Claire? Yes. Oh, I really enjoy her book about like I don't know healthy and getting your period and eat. I don't know. She talks about like you know how to get your period. I think she's delightful. Are she you has there an organic me, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, she yeah. has a delightful organic wine company. She's worth millions. I'm happy for. her. I'm very happy for her. I just think in this movie, she is, it's like, I feel like as an actor, you're just watching someone acting. She's like, I'm acting. Here is my, why won't you? Oh, I don't cry. Well, if you put it in context of the character she's playing, haven't we had this conversation recently? I feel like (laughs) I texted in the group chat and was like, uh, hot take, I can't stand her acting. That's what it is. Because I was like, I think it's the character that she's playing. The character that she's playing is like very wooden and just not with it. And she doesn't even know who she is. I want, like, I, I want to be on that train with you. I want to like get on that train. It's okay, it has a station. You could do it. No, can I can't. It. No, because buy I ticket, saw girl. that train and I was like, but. Also, you believe that ja- I love Jack Black in this movie. I love Jack Black in that movie. But uh, Claire said no. Oh my gosh, I love Jack Black in that movie. He's so sweet, right? And he's totally that guy whose girl takes advantage of him and he doesn't know, 
how great he is. And he's so sweet. And he's very un-Jack Black in that movie. Well, Claire still, Claire hasn't seen the last about 30 or 40 minutes and she thinks that the old man's going to die. She thinks that's what, where we're headed. She doesn't know how the movie's no. going to end. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Claire, you have to watch the um, ending. Seriously, girl, assuming Claire, the old man get, lives get now. some gumption. Get some gumption um, and watch the rest of the movie. That yeah. to me, like watching her not be the leading lady of her life, that scene and just like all of that, that gets me every single time. So, oh, Courtney's working out, guys. Hey, Courtney. There's <laughs> Courtney working out. Okay, so thank you next, our episode. This is if we could give a thank you present, a thank you note to any of our exes. So it can be, an ex-job, an ex-boyfriend, an ex-friend, an ex-lover. I just wanted to say that word. Mm-hmm. Claire, I've said it. Um, or an ex-cult. You know, it's whatever is an ex for you. Um, so, uh, Claire, since you're at Cornhole and we just don't know what your time is allotted because we don't know if you're going to get brought back up into the game. Also, you might have some work to do in your workspace slash Cornhole place that you're at you know oof I guess well okay last time I got on with you guys I told I told you about the guy who the day after he dumped me I saw him on a date with another girl yes right yes yes yes, yes but okay yes. if that moment hadn't happened I think the whole thing would have been really empowering because I just keep thinking about it I have never been like I when I am dumping someone or being dumped I am just like very classy about it. I've never done it in anger. I've always been, I'm always so sweet. I always write like a letter of affirmation for whoever it's ending with. I know. I know. I'm not happy about it either. You write a letter of affirmation. You are powerful. You give them gumption. Yeah, I give them gumption. Well, the thing is, it's literally not even a letter. Like it is a long form poem every single time. I wish I could turn it off. I wish I could turn it off, but this is (laughs) like, just, you know, it's just who I am. And it's better now because in the beginning I would date guys who didn't know that like I do poetry for like a living, you know, it's, I think in context, it's better because it's like, oh, this is like, you know, because if I was a musician, I'd write a song about you. If I was a football player, maybe I'd like wear your name on my jersey, but this is what I do. So this is going to be how it manifests. Okay. <laughs> but this is the first time that in the moment, I feel like I really just like, I, I guess I want to thank this guy for being the being the what's that thing called that you punch not a punching bag but like when it's shaped like a man there was one in my cousin's basement a target a punch you know what I'm talking about no but it's like shaped like a man I think that's still that's still a a punching bag wait I'm gonna look like shaped isn't it usually like shaped like Bozo the clown oh the thing that comes back with the sand no I know you're talking punching bag shaped like man. man It okay. wasn't even about like who this guy was. It it's was a century like, Bob body opponent. You know, I was thinking that in my head. I was thinking, I think <laughs> thought his, I, but I thought my cousins and I named him Bob, but that must have been his name. <laughs> or you can get Bozo the Clown. He was just basically like the Bob. It wasn't about him. It was about like the opportunity to finally like, I don't know, say my piece. And I just laid it out for this guy. Like I've never laid it out for anyone. Because part of the reason he dumped me, he was like, you're not. Um, politically eh, enough we don't need, actually you know what this is fine I can say it. it doesn't defend anyone he thought I wasn't right wing enough which like yeah you knew that from the beginning didn't think that I was like he like, could not get over just like you know what I stand for and I gave this man I guess I want to thank him for the opportunity to finally give a speech that's been like growing inside of me for a long time and I told him I was like you know what 
if that's what you want, you go find it. Like there are plenty of girls out there, Christian girls out there who are going to fit that mold. But just so you know, you're going to go find the angriest, most like X, Y, Z girl out there. And she's going to be awful. (laughs) And he literally said, he's like, I know. He's like, I know I'm going to find a girl with all the same beliefs as me. And she's going to be heinous. And I was like, yeah, so go, go make angry babies. I don't care. (laughs) And I just like, feel really good about like finally getting to like say what I think's been building inside me for like years every time that I get dumped where I'm like fine go find the opposite of me it's gonna be terrible you know <laughs> I, I hadn't gotten a chance to like stick up for myself in a moment ever yeah. you know yeah 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 so um good. I also feel like what I love about that is also like that you said it had been brewing for a while Mm-hmm. And this guy was kind of the amalgam, amal- amalgam, amalgam, amalgamation. Thanks, guys. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that like what he did was just it made it even like richer for you to have that moment. Right. Also, yeah. like after that conversation, to see him do something almost like childish and petty is just yeah. It makes you feel like, oh, I, I am exactly the person who I said I was. And you are exactly yeah. the person that you who said you were. Said you were. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just grateful that I finally got to like say my thing IRL, you know? Yeah. Kind of what I was talking about with like the ghost of future, like the ghost of the future. Like, is mm-hmm. there, do you have, do you have a moment where you're like, I remember having this with an ex one time. I was like, I can't imagine you if I ever have a baby hanging out with me as I'm pushing. Like it was this very weird moment where I was like, I don't think you'd be supportive. You'd be terrible at that. And I'm actually like super grateful that we didn't go 10 years down the line and all that. Did you get a chance to tell him that? (laughs) (laughs) That I didn't want him at the other side of the stirrups as I'm pushing the baby out. Uh, Tell people how you feel, live your truth. You know, um, I don't think so. Because I didn't have that realization until way later. But in many ways, this guy was like totally fine by how he like treated me. But at the end of the day, like the way he saw the rest of the world was really concerning because he encountered the world with fear and suspicion. And that's something I couldn't handle long term. That's a snap right there in the cornhole workspace. (laughs) That's good. You know, Um, that's just how you got to play it in life's great game of cornhole. (laughs) Marcia doesn't know, and I don't know if Kathleen does either, but Claire is currently at a co-working slash cornhole space. Last live, locked in a bathroom, this live at a co-working cornhole space. I am genuinely excited about where you will be for the next live. I don't know if you're going to be in Bezos Rocket. You should put up That was not a sexual innuendo. I just don't know where (laughs) you're going to be. Kathleen, do you want to share? Do you have a thank you? When I was in high school, my brother did like a couple years recovering from an addiction. And like, as you do, I fell like madly in love with an addict in high school. Like this guy who had been an alcoholic since he was like 11 and he was in and out of rehab. And he was like recovering from cocaine at the time. I don't know what I was thinking because I had never done drugs. I guess like somehow that guy, I don't know. I like thought I could change him, whatever, some kind of therapy thing of like 
If I could him and my brother. Where we see a guy and we're like, we can change you and make you better and you'll love us for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really, I was like, I can do it. I know. But anyway, surprise, like the twist ending is that it didn't work. But so I wrote, spoiler alert, I couldn't change him. <laughs> spoiler alert, I didn't change him. But I was really glad I had that experience of like just being so obsessed with him because it made me realize like my obsession is so deep and weird with this guy who's like so not the point that like it led me to realize that I just wanted to be a Christian because I just wanted to worship somebody. And that like, that's what I was trying to do with this like kid. But like, actually the place I needed to put that was like um, an actual savior. Like for real, somebody who could love me back and who could like handle the amount of like obsessive worship that I needed to give to something at 17 and like, that's sort of the weird way that I became a Christian. <laughs> I love that origin story. It's so great. That's awesome. Aaron's already creating yeah. your Marvel character right now. That's, you know, yeah. what's really fascinating. And I want to have, uh, this is not the like discussion, but what, what is the, they've come up with this thing. And it's basically when we think we know either celebrities or people on Instagram and TikTok. The para, parasocial. Parasocial. And just how fascinating it is that we just want to know people, to be known, but also to know people so well and to essentially worship them that we find these people or Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's fine. But like, like how much, yeah, we want to worship. That's fascinating. I've never. Yeah, I wanted this kid to love me so bad and like I worked so hard to like be worthy of whatever yeah it was like I had this wake up moment where I was like this is just a human being like even if he gave me all the love I was like craving like then what like it's never enough like my brain just like needed an on-call 24-7 like (laughs) never gonna leave me hero and that's not what a husband or a boyfriend or anybody is that's only a Jesus. And then it was like, okay, then I was like in a relationship with Jesus for a long time and like kept having messed up boyfriend problems. And then I met Orion and I was like, oh, he's like a normal, stable, healthy guy. And I have like zero desire to be like totally obsessed with him. I just am into him in like a normal way. And then I just married him. And then I just got married. And then I just was like, married. we're going to get married. Yeah, and I it was like a sign you know for me. Like, this is the right guy because I like, wasn't like all consuming, like obsessed. I was just like, oh, this is nice. He's so nice. I like really enjoy his company. It's like, interesting you say that because I'm now thinking of Kate Winslet and Jack Black from The Holiday. And I'm thinking about that relationship that Kate has with Jasper Bloom. I've 100% had like, Oh, I got you. Oh, I, uh, 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 uh. And the guy's like, uh, yeah, I'm narcissistic and I'm really enjoying this attention. So I'm going to continue to let it go. Yes. And I, yeah. Or like another classic, Catherine Heigl, 27 dresses, like her and her boss, like she just worships the mm. boss who like really prefers like the narcissistic sister. And it's like, there's nothing you can do to interrupt 
that and like actually your peace is found in like just the door that opens where you knock I don't know anyway no I mean a hundred percent my biggest like lesson that I'm so grateful for and like as much as it sucked to learn really young I'm so glad I learned it really young and it was that I don't argue with narcissists if I like immediately identify that personality trait in somebody, I just, I just leave them be because I like winning. Like all of you people who faked eye exams and failed them. I don't fail at anything. Like I, (laughs) I would never let that happen. (laughs) So if, if I can get an A plus on an eye exam, I'll do it. I would never fake. That just, that whole Are you an Enneagram one or an Enneagram six? Which one? I'm, I think I'm an eight. I feel like whichever. The Are you an eight? Yeah. And I was trying to figure out if you're an eight like me. And I was like, but I feel like, I guess I don't see you as an eight because I am a whole, I'm a whole Enneagram eight, everybody. Is eight, <laughs> so, eight's the challenger, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm an eight. And that's what I was trying to decide if you were one or six. I'm like an eight, an eight and a, it's like the super logical concrete one. And then the challenger, which are two really fun ones to have. I learned this about myself sure. when we did Dom's episode. She made uh, she made us do our Enneagram before we recorded with her. <laughs> um, I think my, like I said, I was in a really horribly toxic relationship in college. Like, not that I want toxic relationships to be the theme of this podcast, but I learned, like, I'm really grateful I had an experience with a narcissist super young only because... I know people who, as they get older, I can tell have just never encountered anything like that. And you try and explain it to them and it just, you don't know until you've been through it, you know? And I'm, I'm really grateful that I have empathy for people in those situations too now. Um, but my other one, I was going to say, I had a really awful, awful job in college and they were horrible to me. And I went to, it was at a, I was a host at a restaurant and I went to the manager one day and I said, I really don't like the way the other host is treating me. I kind of feel like, and before I could say anything, cause I was going to say harassment, she, uh, she looked at me and she said, is he bullying you? And I was like, first of all, the fact that you said that before I even said anything knows like, you know, this is a problem, but I just took it. And I was like, yeah, like, I just, I don't want to turn it into a thing. You don't have to talk to him. I just would appreciate it if you wouldn't schedule me with him anymore. And they kind of came back with me. They, they brought me back in after the shift and said, we've really thought about it. We actually think it could be a really good learning opportunity for you to learn to work with somebody who you don't get along with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you 12? Yeah, it was the most. work on this group project together. Yeah, it, it was the most like, and then he kind of took me aside in a booth and was like, I just see so much potential in you. I'm like, as a hostess, like, <laughs> this isn't my long-term career, buddy. Oh like, He's like, the way you walk people to tables. Oh, the way you put that it's menu amazing. down. The I way just, you assign them. Yes. Evenly just, by server. It was I just the most, really like, see a lot. The way you picked up those crayons for that little kid. That was amazing. Potential in you. I mean, he was just like, you're very typical condescending. Like he had been at this job for like five years as like lead host. And he just like loved, it was the weirdest thing. Um, and then when I finally quit that job, I ran into him at a bar a couple of months later and he went on this rant about how he just felt so bad for me because I didn't know how to like let loose and have a good time. It was weird. Anyway, all I, I am so and grateful. That I is had- like when, especially when guys say that kind of thing, like. 
I should have left that job the moment she didn't listen to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Like I, I, I look back on that moment and I can see exactly where I was standing that day. And it was funny because as somebody who was kind of bullied as a kid, it was such a, like a weird trigger for me to hear that word that I, I think I just shut down. And I was like, okay, like I, I just keep going at this job. And I think also part of me wanted to be the hardest working person at that job. So I was going to push through and like, for what, what did I gain out of that? Like I was making seven fifty an hour. Like <laughs> I yeah. should have just left that day. And I, I remember that all the time when I think about when is a time to stand your ground, you know, mm. Entire cornhole team's leaving. What? Know, we roll as one. Okay, Claire. Oh you man. Put that t- yeah, Claire, yeah, you put that out. t-shirt back on. Okay. You roll as one. Yeah, roll as one. Thanks, guys. Hey. You and your homies roll out. I don't really know. I don't really know what comes. I don't really know what happens after this. You know, like I don't know what Big happens. Big group sex after. thing. Yeah. Illy. Bye. 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 I love that random guy who's now going to be on our podcast saying, have a good Thanksgiving, guys. <laughs> Wait, I didn't hear anybody. You couldn't hear him through Claire's mic? No. Oh, good. He'll, he's there. Um, okay, Marcia, go. Who do you want to say thank you to? Gosh, I don't even know. I feel like. I know. I literally feel like I could say thank you to half the world. Half the world. Like half the world. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to say this. So recently, I'm sorry, who's on your shirt? Who's on your sweatshirt? Is that, um, that, would be, is that Tay-Tay? Well, that would be one Taylor Allison Swift. <laughs> like it's, it's all Taylor on the sweatshirt. That's fearless Taylor's version right here, <laughs> right there. That's right. I'm, it's the only shirt that I own. Most not the only shirt I own on my face on it. The other one's got like other stuff on it. But yeah, I almost bought the one for the red album. And I was like, maybe don't do that. <laughs> maybe just one, maybe just one shirt with Taylor Swift's face is enough. Back in um, July, I applied for a job for like uh, a well-known organization. So I'm not going to say who it was for. Um, for it specific- was Facebook. <laughs> yes. Now Meta. Meta. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Now Meta. Yes, yes. Now it's Meta. As well, an organization. They had like a separate like department that they really needed someone to head up and take take charge and things like that. And um, I was like really excited about the opportunity because it looked like it was perfect for me. So I was like, yes, great. I'm going to do this. This is so exciting. I am. Everything is falling down. Everything yeah, is falling this, down. I can't wait for the audio of this. <laughs> anyway. All right, guys, Marcia's fine. Taylor Swift is fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's Everyone's fine. fine. It's okay. We are perfectly fine. Only Swifties will understand that. But I, like, I was one of four finalists for this job. It was very exciting. I thought, like, oh, my gosh, this is, I think this is going to happen. This is a this is a great opportunity. And I, I didn't really start planning my life for it, but I really was, like, thinking, like, this could happen, right? And I didn't get the job. And I was like, kind of, I was kind of upset about it at first. And I was like, no, it's fine. I knew it, whatever. But I didn't get the job. And I had a hard time like being like, I thought like, there's so many opportunities where I've like come close to them. And then it was like, no. And that was like this pattern lately where it was like, we want you so bad, but maybe not that much. And so I didn't get this job and I was really upset about it. And it's been like um, bothering me and to only to learn that they hired in-house. <laughs> 
the person who they hired was like at my interview watching my presentation. Wow. Was a whole, right. It's a whole thing. Right. So I had that's a, like the Jeopardy the, guy. He was in charge of finding the Jeopardy host. And right? then he was but like, no, oh, it's the host me. Like, right? And then oops, I, I say horrible me. things about women. Oops. It's like Dwight becoming the Hay King. Like that's what that was. <laughs> Like, it was like, I am the Hay King. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, in retrospect, it was best that I didn't get the job because I realized I would have been fighting an uphill battle. I, I would be fighting to hold them accountable when all they really wanted was accolades. Um, they wanted to know like, oh, we're, we're doing this great. See this edgy thing that we're doing? We're doing it great, right? But really they needed like more accountability mm. and they needed to be doing more, but I think that they didn't want to have to do more. They just wanted to look like they were trying to do more. Yeah. And that's, and I'm kind of like, I would have been miserable and I would have already quit. Like, do you know what I mean? (laughs) That and what also, what a great analogy, the fighting uphill battle. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I think about that with relationships. I think about that friendships work, but it's like, it's like, yes, good things take work, but not that kind of work, right? Right. Like not that kind of work. Yes. Mm. Yeah. There's, and so it, and it really is like, I am glad that I'm still where I am for the moment Mm. um, that I didn't like, you know, decide, yeah, I'm going to tell you this job. Let me just quit my job and figure it out. Mm. But (laughs) um, it just is really helpful. And it's, it was like a lesson to like, to remember that not like, like people will blow smoke, smoke up your ass all the time. And I thought I was that it's okay to say ass in this podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Edit me out. Okay. It's fine. Okay. And I think that's, that's I'm totally always funny. like, it's like explicit, non-explicit, unspecified. I'm always like unspecified. And then sometimes it just gives me an E. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> shit, shit, shitty shit, shit. <laughs> there you go. We earned that E this podcast. Yeah. And so I just kind of now it's making me a little bit more aware when people are just doing lip service. Mm. So that's just kind of where I am. And I, and it was like, my feelings were hurt for a while Mm. because I felt like it was so unceremonious. It was like nine o'clock on a Monday night. I got an email that I didn't get the job. And I was like, first of all, and it's so disrespectful. It wasted my time. And that's what it was. Like it really wasted. I was like, why did you waste my time? You know, like why, why would you waste my time? And because right now I'm at a point where like, I am looking to move, move forward from where I am. And, um, and I have, it's basically been, um, I gave myself a rule. Like I'm only going to apply to like jobs. I really want things I actually really want to do. And one at a time, like I'm only going to do one at a time. I won't move on until I hear. And, and that frustrates me because life for this job in June, the interview was at the end of July. I waited like a month before I found out it, it takes so months. long. It was two months. And I, now I'm like, okay, so the next one, and then, you know, like it could have been, yeah, it would have been very different. So, and I'm sticking to my one at a time rule. Cause I think that's the way I need to do it. So I and can, that really can always change. It. It's like, it's yeah. where it is right now. And that can change later or it could stay the same. But mm-hmm. Courtney just that's- said, I've learned that if they don't respect you during the interview process, then they probs won't respect their employees. That's smart. That's almost like watch how he treats the waiter, or his mom, yes. or whoever, you know, I, I, I always watch how they treat the waiter. Always, yeah. always, always. Um, Christy, you went 
You went dark, Christy. Christy is muted. And I'm scared that when I said shitty shit, it was when you started cursing. No, I think, I don't know if there's fireworks or what outside in my neighborhood, but it sounded like something. (laughs) Fireworks can also be other things. I know. I don't know why anyone's doing fireworks on November 22nd. So because is it November? Wow, it is November 20th. Christy, real quick, do you have uh, a thank you you'd like to share with anyone? Maybe to Taylor Hanson? No, I would say if we were thinking of an ex, I had an ex-boyfriend who gave a lot of really nice gifts and I forgot, or like, I'm just now thinking of this as other people were talking, but I didn't feel right about keeping them after we broke up. So I distributed them to my family. So my sister had a really nice pair of diamond earrings from him. And my mom got this beautiful homemade quilt that his mom gave me. What? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what else. We got some really nice stuff. I didn't keep any of it because I'm like, this is, he was, he was, I never knew that he was narcissistic until I was like listening tonight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what it was. Wow. And it was my first boyfriend. So I just like, didn't know. Yeah. And so that was like a whole thing that I haven't actually thought about, but, um, but the gifts I would, I mean, my sister would say thanks for that. Oh, <laughs> you know, my first boyfriend in high school got me a Tiffany's necklace for Christmas. We had been together for like three months and I got him an Eminem wall calendar. <laughs> like, like Eminem, the rapper. I really wanted it to be the candy. <laughs> I really thought it was a candy. That would be so good if it was the candy with like the green M&M and all. Like she's real sexy with her cowboy boots. <laughs> she's like in her pinup calendar. <laughs> I think that's when my gift giving turned around because I was like, I never want to be in that situation ever again. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of Tiffany's, my ex-fiance proposed to me with a Tiffany's engagement ring that was important to me, I guess. I, not, it wasn't important to me. Like, it wasn't like I had thought about it or anything, but I think when he asked me, he was like, well, what kind of ring do you want? I was like, well, I, I feel like our whole relationship was this like weird. This is what we're supposed to be. Yeah. A little bit. And like, even the way he proposed to me, he proposed to me at the Chateau Marmont and it was like overlooking sense of It was like, there was this like very, like he came from money and I felt like then I should want a Tiffany's engagement. I don't know. It was like very weird. I kind of feel the same way. I was reflecting on a situation when me and that guy in college, we got in a fight and I do this a lot where I will like look for lines. Like I, I will be actively thinking, okay, what's my next line? And I'm like, oh, we're having a fight. I'm supposed to say, I don't even know what we're fighting about anymore. And I said that and he stopped and he goes, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, you watch too many Nancy Myers movies. I have done that in a lot of situations where I'm like, okay, what's my line? And I'll say something and it's like a movie cliche and it doesn't work. <laughs> but it made me feel better in that moment to say it. <laughs> I don't even know what we're fighting about. How and he literally was, know? He was like, what do you mean? We've been talking about it for an hour. <laughs> um, the all too well video was like, that kind of started this whole like, feeling ghost of Christmas future or whatever. And it was just watching them in the kitchen. I mean, it was like literally like painful and not in like a, I was okay. Like it, it, it definitely made me think about things, but I was okay, but I've healed so much, but it was like watching them in the kitchen and watching them 
argue and watching him dismiss her. So like, and she just takes it brutal. Yes. So brutally and feeling so less than, and he's so, you know, more than more than power, intelligence, whatever. That's, that's kind of how this dynamic is happening, whether that's the truth or not. I just, I couldn't get over that. And, and my ex, the one who gave me the Tiffany ring is the guy who I realized I was like, I would have never wanted to be in labor around him because (laughs) this is such a good story. And I look back and it's like, it's like you at the job and you're like, you're like standing in that moment. You're like, I know exactly where I was. Why didn't I get myself Uh out of that situation? So I got this terrible stomach bug. It had been going around LA and it was like literally like an 18 hour stomach bug. So I had been working at this, uh, the London, Gordon Ramsay's the London, which was also what I worked for a narcissistic boss who, (laughs) when I taught, when I gave him my two weeks, don't say a bad word about that man. Not Gordon. It's not about Gordon. Oh, it was about my, the sommelier, whatever, head of the bar. Most toxic place I've ever worked. Anyway, he, the guy brought me into like the wine closet and was like, why are you, I heard you gave your two weeks. Why are you leaving? This is my boss. And he said, is it because of this guy? Like I'll talk. And I go, no, it's because of you. I was like, you treat me terribly. You yell at me in front of the guests. Like that's why. And he goes, oh yeah, I'm really working on that with my wife and our marriage. And I was like, what? Oh. Why are you telling me this? Oh, oh my God. anyway. So as I'm working at this job, this is before I leave this job. And I'm also at the to- like compounding toxicity was just like narcissism and toxicity. So well, you I start call- to crave it at some point. Oh, oh yeah. And I think I, it was this competitive nature of like, I can yeah. fix these people. I'm codependent, right? I can fix these people. I can help them. I'm, I'm the martyr in this situation. I mean, super healthy crap. Anyway. <laughs> so I call my fiance and I'm like, I'm really sick. And he drove this like Audi convertibles who came and picked me up. I think we left my car. I don't remember. So he, hi. Hey, I'm just going to grab some headphones. Everything's, oh, I'm sorry. Am I really loud? You were excruciating. Oh, Bradley, did you sing on my song? Oh, I haven't sang, sang, I haven't sang it to him yet. Okay, I haven't okay. sang it to him yet. So we go back to his place and he's like, well, you can't sleep. You can't get on my bed. You're sick. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you can get on the floor. I was like, okay. So I like laid on the floor. He wouldn't give me a blanket. He wouldn't give me a pillow. He balled up a sweatshirt and made it a pillow. And then he put another sweatshirt on top of me. And I'm so weak. I'm, I'm crawling on my hands and knees to vomit. And it's so violent that I'm hitting my head on the toilet, like hitting my head. Okay. I just see him with his legs crossed reading in like a magazine. No, he was sleeping because it was like three in the morning at this point. He was sleeping in the morning. I, I, at one point, I, I don't know why, I guess he got me Gatorade or no, his roommate was like this model. I don't know. He had like Gatorade a lot. He was a model too. I don't know. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. Normal people also. Also his roommate, his, he told me his roommate said this, his roommate didn't think I was good enough for him because he didn't think I was hot enough for him. And he told me that his roommate said that his roommate was a model. And you still drank his Gatorade? I still, I drank. So I go on all fours and I'm on the West I Coast. Hope I hope you didn't replace it. I, I hope did you it. didn't replace it. Good. <laughs> That's what he deserves. <laughs> so I go on all fours to the kitchen because I'm so weak. It's like five in the morning at this point, the whole, you know, and I'm like trying to get Gatorade because I'm like, I think I can keep something down now. And I'm like drinking the Gatorade. And I call my mom and I'm crying because it's eight o'clock East Coast time. And I'm like, mom, I'm so sick. And she's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm in the kitchen. She's like, why are you so quiet? I was like, I don't want to wake anybody up. She's like, what? I'm like, he'll be, he'll be so mad at me if I wake him up. He'll be mad at you. Like my mom was like, you could tell my mom was like, I don't know 
why, but around eight or nine in the morning, I'm making his bed for him. I don't know why. I mean, we know why. I mean, I had problems, but I'm, and he said to me, he's like, I, you know, during the middle of the night, I was like really mad at you because you kept waking me up every time you got sick. But he's like, I had to remember like, she's sick. I almost said his name. She's sick. Like she's going through a lot. And I remember thinking you couldn't have like held my hair back or got me like a wet paper towel or like just said, Hey, how are you? Hey, you okay there? Nope. Just pissed at me because my vomiting's waking you up. Fast forward to however many years later, I was so sick with Ellis when I was pregnant with Ellis and Bradley was there always so sweetly there rubbing my back. And one time, one of my sisters, not Courtney, who's on the call, but Kylie got really sick. I was like, Bradley, get me a cold compress. And he brought me a Home Depot bucket full of ice water that we had in our garage from where we put our flowers for our wedding. And like a huge towel. And he's like, did you need anything else? And it was like this juxtaposition of this guy who would literally bend over backwards for my sister, not even for me. And like, got me like a huge bucket of ice water. <laughs> and we did not need it all, but it was so sweet and so loving. And I just remember this moment where I was like, this is the thing I'm going to tell girls, would, could you see this guy at the stirrups? If you can't see this guy at the stirrups taking care of you, he's out of here. He's done. I think even a lower bar is just if you're vomiting, <laughs> is he in bed or is he getting the bucket of ice Look, water? Here's the thing. Like, I understand he doesn't want to get sick, but all he had to do was like, you can have the bed. I'll take the floor. I'll take the couch in the living room. Like the fact that he wouldn't even give me a blanket. Like he's like, here's a sweatshirt. He did this- tell me, he goes, you know, this is like my most expensive sweatshirt. It's like $150. Great. I cannot with this at all. Like, what? Marcia, I almost married him. I almost married. Got really close. I had the bridesmaids dress and everything. Yeah. Whoa. Like, I, oh my gosh. Yeah. We were two months shy. I was tying bows on that bed. He let me on on that bed this time. He let me on the bed when I was healthy and I was tying bows. Yeah. Courtney just goes, Courtney's like, I threw a bridal shower. No, but, seriously. But I look, oh my gosh, I can't I, get I look at how many times I was rolling that rock up the hill with so many things yeah. in my life, but how many times I let myself be treated so terribly by an ex or a job. Like even now I'm going back into acting and Bradley was so proud of me, like helped me through. And I was talking to my manager, but like I passed on an audition and I would have like never done that. But I was like, no. I'm worth more than this. I'm not going to audition. I did have glimmers of hope. And one of the glimmers of hope was the cult, which was, I was 21. I just moved to LA and I had one friend who I was madly in love with, but he did not love me back. And I was like, I just need to meet people. And my landlord at the time who told me that she was renting out her garage, it wasn't, it was a third of her garage that she had converted. It's fine. But they, her and her husband like met at this church and they were like, I think you'd really like it. Um, it's like Christian, whatever. And I was, wasn't Catholic then. And I was like, okay. And so I went to the church and it was awesome. Everybody was young. Everybody was attractive. Everybody was like, oh, you want to get lunch afterwards? And I was like, what? This is what I've been reading about in all my Christy Miller Christian girl book series. This is community. This is awesome. This started in like, I think the seventies and the head of the cult got arrested or for embezzling or something. And so he split off and now there's two cults guys. There's two cults. It's like Hydra. You cut off the head and then the <laughs> two more 
grow in its place. They were like, do you want to have a Bible study? I was like, great. And it was one girl and like an assistant that came over to my house and basically opened the Bible and started telling me all the ways I was going to go to hell unless I like got part of their church. And I was like, well, that was intense and weird and no. And so then other things happened. There was like money issues that I was like, where does this money go? And you had to go to church twice a week, but then you actually had to go to church more than twice a week. And like, they had these things called specials where you had to give like 30% of your income, but that's not including the 10% tithe. Like there was just like a lot of weird things. So I start asking questions. I'm also telling my parents about this. And my parents were like, Hey, listen, we're going to mail you this book. It's called Rome Sweet Home by Scott Hahn. Um, we just want you to read this. It just, he answers a lot of questions, um, theological things. Maybe you could Did just they reference them. the episode of Seventh Heaven where somebody joins a cult? No, because I don't know if that episode had come out yet because this would have been 2002. Oh. I don't know. I don't remember. There was also the Boy Meets World episode where Sean joins a cult. Oh, I do remember that episode. I read Rome Sweet Home. I'm starting to ask more questions. I have another Bible study, but this time it's the head. I will never forget. Her name was Lisa. I'm not going to say her last name. She, and there was like 10 or 12 other girls at this thing. And now it's like, she's going to pull in the Bible. She's going to find all these places where I have sinned and where I've done wrong. They told me I was an alcoholic because I got drunk a couple of times in my life. And they told me I was lustful because uh, I found a picture of my friend in a Cosmo magazine. And I was like, Hey, it's my friend I was telling you about. And they told me, I was, they just like made up like crazy sins. I don't even know. They were like, that last all- one sounds right. I don't know. No, I wasn't lustful. I just was like romantically wanting to worship him. Like, Kathleen. like, you know, maybe that's how I'll get married. I'll just find someone to open a magazine like, we're gonna get married i don't remember i don't know all the steps that kathleen took i just heard i want somebody to worship then there was jesus <laughs> then there was orion that's all i don't know I don't and then know, you get a husband know, but so oh and this was the other thing once you like get baptized in their church then you have to go out with every single eligible person of the opposite sex to learn how to date I had some question about where the money went. I'm like, every other church I've ever been to, Protestant or Catholic, at either once a year or in every time in the bulletin, they will explain to you where the money's going, how much money, do we have a surplus? Do we have a negative? Where are we at with the money? It's like, there's no, and they go, how dare you? How dare you ask that question? And I was like, what? And then I was like, why don't your pastors go to like divinity school? They just get like pastored by other pastors and then they start teaching and they're like, how dare you? So then I start asking like the a lot, how dare you? How dare you, Kirsten? Then I start asking theological, like legit theological. Well, actually here. And then when you look at the covenant and I'm literally guys kind of talking out of my butt because I don't really know what I'm talking. I'm just like verbatim saying what like, what Scott Hahn and some other people have said. Again, not Catholic, just questioning a lot of things. And I got kicked out. They told me um, I was unteachable and they asked me not to come. Because when I started asking these questions, all these other girls in the Bible study that were young girls started flipping their Bibles and looking at what I was saying. And I got shut down. Literally one of the scariest things where she went from being nice to like dragon-esque. I can't, it was like an animal almost. I've only had one other instance like this in my life where somebody was like nice and then like creepy evil. And um, she was like, stop, stop right there. You're unteachable. And you can't come back here until you're ready to be taught. You need to leave. That was really sad. All of my friends were there. I literally lived in LA for like three months at this point or like two and a half months. I had taken a retail job so I could go to church more. Like I just, I was like devastated because I got kicked out of this thing. Years later, I was telling Bradley a story. I mean, 15 years, 10, 10 years later, I was telling Bradley a story. And I just randomly Googled this church. 
and like getting kicked out or unteachable. And there was a guy who had almost the exact same story in like the Midwest somewhere. And then after I watched the way down, whatever documentary on HBO, I Googled this thing again. And I read about a girl who was in it for 11 years. And her story was verbatim. My story, Bible studies, how they would make up sins, how they would indoctrinate you, how they would take your money, how like everything. And I just was reading it. And I was like, I only had like seven weeks, eight weeks. She had 11 years and she was told to marry someone. They said this would be a good match. She married him. They had like two or three kids. Like, I just was like, this could have been my life. Anyway, so I just want to say thank you to the cult for kicking me out. Thank you. I also think it's a bit of a confidence boost to know that you saw something that other people couldn't see. A couple other people said this, like to trust your instinct. And I wish I would have in other instances in my life trusted that, but I'm so grateful that I do have that to look back on. Totally. And now that I'm noticing you're right, a lot of people have said it and it's making me think too, like to give yourself grace because you don't know what you don't know. Like so much of this, we don't know Mm. until it's been like years out and we're able Mm. to look back on it. And it's like, is as kind of stupid as I felt in that moment where I was like, why did I stay in that job? I'm looking back on it now. And again, I'm like, at least I'm glad because I know that I can look back on that moment. Wrap it all up. I want to read you a quote and it's actually, it's from Henry Nowen who <laughs> Aaron, we believes- got to quote every episode nor <laughs> Aaron believes <laughs> that Henry happen? Nowen is the, the spirit of Henry Nowen is hanging out. He is. I love him so much. <laughs> well, little, little Saint, little S Saint. And it actually, I had heard it. I'm listening to a series about daughters. This is, this is the the quote to ponder as they, this is what they said. This is the abiding together podcast. Okay. So you keep listening to those who seem to reject you, but they never speak about you. They speak about their own limitations. They confess their poverty in the face of your needs and desires. They simply ask for your compassion. They do not say that you are bad, ugly, or despicable. They only, they say only that you are asking for something they cannot give and that they need to get some distance from you to survive emotionally. The sadness is that you perceive their necessary withdrawal as a rejection of you instead of as a call to return home and discover your true belovedness, Henry Nowen. I have read this like five times because today Ellis and I started talking and I go, yeah, sweetie, you know, I was engaged before. She goes, mom, what? No, I knew that you liked boys. I didn't know you were engaged. I was like, Ellis, I told you like 15 times I was engaged before we've talked about this. And she goes, Okay, I want to hear the story, but I do not want to hear the smoochy smoochy. I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me that. (laughs) And after I stopped laughing, I was like, we started talking about it. And as I'm rehashing my ex, I said, you know what, Alice? He was hurt a lot by his dad. His dad really hurt him when he was younger. And he never talked about it. And he never dealt with it. And it's like the lie with um, veggie tales where they don't tell. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was like, when we don't talk about stuff when we're kids, or we don't have a safe space to talk about it. It just keeps getting bigger and it keeps hurting us. And I go, you know, he just kept hurting me because he had been so hurt and he didn't have anybody to take care of him. He didn't know if he could trust God. He didn't know if he believed in God. There was just a lot happening with him. And I said, you know, he hurt me really badly, but I'm really grateful because I was able to see how important it is to be with someone who has healthy you know, boundaries and is able to talk about their hurts and knows how to talk about their hurts. And, um, 
because hurt people hurt people. And it was like this great conversation, which she'll probably forget, let's be honest, in three days since she can't seem to remember that her mom was engaged. <laughs> but but I, I really do think it's like, it's such a gift. And I think I just keep going back to the line that Henry said when he said, they speak about their own limitations. Ultimately, all of these stories are really highlighting the fact that the people or the things that rejected us, like in All Too Well, we're watching the gentleman with a scarf. I don't want to say who it was because we don't know. We're watching the gentleman with the scarf's limitations. And I think, unfortunately, those limitations then deeply, deeply hurt that young girl. But ultimately, that wasn't the truth about her. And I don't think any of these rejections were the truth about us. You can be glad something's in the past while being thankful for the lessons you learned from it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I land on a lot of things. Like, yeah. Glad it happened. Glad it's over. Yeah. And <laughs> what I said to Ellie is I said, I don't think God's like wanting suffering for us, but when it happens, he can do something with it. Yeah. But she was like, well, why didn't like God give you a warning about the guy? And I was like, he might've. He kind of did. I think he that probably uh, gave us a lot of you a, He sent you a violent sickness. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, you know, I, I also think ultimately like so many redeeming things happened out of it. And for all of us, you know, just even the, the wisdom that we've all gained from these situations and alongside each other. So thank you so much for being on yes. this. Thanks for having us. This, this is, is awesome. so fun. Um, and you should become a crush, you guys, because then you can join these. They're really fun. Tonight Can't was actually crush, fun. really fun. No joke, guys. I really needed this. I've been very lonely. This was amazing. Hey. I needed to well, start good, doing, doing my You can things call me again. whenever you want, Aaron. <laughs> I know. Yeah, me Courtney. too. Uga said, yeah, me too. Uga, was here. Courtney, <laughs> it kind of looks like you have an oxygen thing. Like, I know it's your <laughs> headphones, but it looks like you have an oxygen. I'm like, was that run on the treadmill? Are you okay? <laughs> it was a, it's a big night. <laughs> Um, Ugo, thanks for being one of uh, the the second uh, silent male, partner, <laughs> silent partner, the second male to officially be on our podcast. Your voice is on our <laughs> podcast, so congratulations! Did you take a screenshot of all of us here? No, I should. No, don't. Have my look Oh my gosh, Aaron, stop it! Did you take it? I, have, I did. I'm still like smiling. I'm like, it's a picture taken. I'm like, limited. I'm just gonna zoom. Social. I'm just gonna zoom on on your boobs with Taylor. That's it. And on that note, all right. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, Have a good Bye. one. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.